Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to tonight for sure. Yes. This is going to be so exciting. Cornerstone decrees and declarations. Very powerful this evening. And it comes at a time when we are all needing some decrees. And what is that cornerstone? Yeah. Yes. And thank you, Padre Paul, for hosting these, you and the bishops, to bringing more light into each of us and opening our hearts and taking a look at all of these things that dwell within us. Yes, for sure. And transforming us, helping us as we're all in this time of being in a chrysalis and getting ready to emerge as butterflies. Talk about merging, you know? It's all good. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's all about emerging. Yes. Dana, are you there? I am here, Padre. Ah, the big red rose. Yes, beautiful. Welcome. Looking for another spectacular evening. We'll just give it maybe a half a minute. And if not, I'm sure Bobby will come on when he can. Or like some of us, sometimes it's hard to get on for whatever reason. We all have our reasons, right? <laughs> I have my own. I will go into my own drama, but <laughs> we'll deal with yours. You know, I'm looking forward to this evening. Actually, the Holy Spirit was stirring in my spirit all day yesterday. I keep waiting, you know, you plan ahead, but then when you really get the download and it's like, now I can dig in and now I, not, I don't say I know what to do. I do inwardly, but I'm always trusting the Holy Spirit for her, her guidance in all our ways. So. All right. Well, I think if Jane, if you're ready, I think we'll begin and then we'll allow Bobby to pick up when he can. Okay. And I'm sure somebody will check on him. Thanks. If you all will gather with me in prayer, close your eyes, touch your heart, touch your head. Whatever's true for you to set yourself up to be in truth with the divine. Oh God of all, Holy Spirit that indwells within me and us now, please be here. We live in turbulent times, we live in unsure times, we live in unhealthy times, but yet we ask your grace during this call to make us safe, to make us known to your path, to supply us with your healing grace. May the words that come out today match the actions that we learn to live. May your truth be known in our heart today. And we ask you to guide us in each moment of this call to deeply look within toward what we're being asked to be and do to make a more unified world, a more peaceful world, a more loving world through all of your different books that have been written through all different religions. It's always about love. And we ask you to bring that love here and now, present. Thank you. Amen. Yoo-hoo. Way to go, Dana. I love your prayer. I love what comes through you. One of the things I, I see that you do is you close your eyes and you go within. And as each of those who are participating tonight, for me, there's an excitement that comes 
especially when we pray, because I believe it's the new download, the, the whispers of heaven that come through. And our theme for tonight and our theme, Fix Your Eyes, I'm shocked at how prophetic the Holy Spirit is. And preparing, I picked up this title about maybe three weeks ago on Fix Your Eyes. And so Fix Your Eyes on God. And it really does matter. And, and now that we're here today, we're here as a country, United States, and we're in a, a, another turmoil, you know, outside of the pandemic. And now uh, most of you know about George Floyd, who died at the feet of a, a police officer, which started in unrest, rioting, anger, rage. So this title tonight, perfectly fits, I believe, what the Holy Spirit, God, desires for each of us to focus our eyes, our, our will, our emotion on the one who can change things because you and I can't. We can do our part, but it's actually the Holy Spirit who can lead us to the person, to the place, to the, the peace that passes all understanding that's within us. And I'm, I'm going to say I'm delighted because I heard the Holy Spirit three weeks ago of Fix Your Eyes. Keep focused, stay focused, because our last series with Bishop Bobby and Dana, we talked about re-entry, and that was about two weeks ago. And from two weeks to where we are now, hasn't your life changed again? Hasn't your environment changed again? Has not your desire to know God grows deeper? It's all because of we're living in the present moment. And with the present moment, there can be chaos, there can be joy, there can be unresolved issues. But we're here, you're here, and starting with Dana's prayer, we're beginning to put our focus on the one who can make a difference. And to me, that's Yeshua, the, the light of God, the love of God, the personality of God. One of the scriptures, I had a couple of scriptures that really was pointed out to me, and I'd really like to just share those because... For me, when I share the word of God in scriptures, that word comes alive. And what I want most is that relationship that I know that I know that I'm loved. In Luke 20, 17, it says, but Jesus looked directly at his apostles and said, then what is the meaning of that which was written? The stone the builders rejects and have become the cornerstone. Jesus said that he would destroy the temple, but in three days he would build it up. The temple was his body. We all have the temple, what I call the Holy Spirit within us. And figurative speaking, he died and then he rose in three days. Nothing can stop what the Holy Spirit desires in our lives. And he knew it. He was prophetic in those words. Even in the Old Testament, 2,000 years before, the prophets foretold Jesus' death. His coming to this earth, but also his death and resurrection. Each one of us, I want to decree in your life that you're going to come alive tonight, that your, your circumstances are going to change. When we go deep in what I call God's presence, everything changes. The Living Bible, it's on Romans 12, 2, it says, don't copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will, for you, which is the good the acceptable and the perfect will of God. That, my friends, is cornerstone in my world, and I want to be a cornerstone in your world. 
And then also in Colossians 3.13, it says, Therefore, as God's elect of God, which is you and me, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with a heart of compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another, forgive any complaints you might have against anyone. Forgive as the Lord forgave. And for all these virtues, put on love, which is the bond of perfect unity. Now, my friends, what I went through just in this past week when the riots began, when the rage started with our, for all people, black, white, red, green, whatever color that we came into this world. At first, I was like, oh no, it's happening again. That stirring of the spirit. To me, it's a spiritual encounter, but of the negative side. The scripture says Jesus and the Holy Spirit, when they breathe on us, it brings us life. But when the dark energy shows up, it takes life. And if you just look at what's happening in the last month, the last week, in our environment, something has taken over. Here's how I would say it. It's our old nature. It's our old energy. We just had this Zoom two weeks ago, and in that two weeks, we felt a presence that actually connects us to the source of our life. And then we had a, a stumble again, and at least in my world. I don't know what was in yours, but I've heard from many people, like, we can't make sense of this. But if we put our, fix our eyes towards God, I believe tonight we're going to break that in our lives, in our relationships with God and the people around us and begin to see what God sees. Because there is a, a I call it a mighty flow that's going to happen. So what I like to do is, Bishop Bobby, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, Padre? I'm good. I love your background, Bobby. <laughs> that Thank you. purple, blue, and yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you look great. So, Thank you. I'd like to, and also with Dana, I'd like your feeling, your impression of what's happening in your world or in our world in the last month. We'll start with you, Bobby. What's been happening in my world in the last month is really learning to tune in to the subtleties of relationships and really being courageous about seeing and feeling everything that's there, which is the antithesis to just rage and riot. And so I think it's really interesting that I've been being purged by what I would say a spotlight on my, on my inner world. And I've had to really look at everything and, and not run from it or run towards somebody with it. Ooh, I like that. I like that. So it's a very, very powerful experience. Yet at the same time, it's not really something you can share about because it's so internal but it is the work is happening and i can see where the whole world needs all of us to take the action and move it internally you're saying a lot bobby and actually it feels like you're re uh, reading my heart in a sense because again the how i would describe my own experience in the last week is i felt the heaviness i felt this place that as I was telling people, I go, but I can't go there. Yeah. I can feel it. I can, I'm sad about it. It, it. It's very disappointing. 
but I have to go to the source of where I get my joy, my awareness, and still be compassionate, be loving to those around me without making them wrong because it's, it's, it's within us. It's stirring the pot. I love yeah. that. So Dana, what is in the last week, how do you make sense of this? Well, unfortunately, making sense of it has been, since I've been born, <laughs> we're going to have some very turbulent times in our world, whether it's environmental, whether it's social, and many of us are dealing with it personal in relationships or with money or health. What I've been asked to focus on for many years, I mean, because I'll talk later about it. I've always known that we were in a very strong downward spiral here in our country due to some of my earlier work in peace work. So I had no expectations of anything getting better. But the issues that have always been here ever since I can remember coming to the surface for us to see, but not about specific topics not about being held indoors against our will or having to take a vaccine against our will or whether we're being oppressed because of a color or religion or background. It, it's more of an exposure of millennium of confusion about God and, and the ways of God. I mean, and, and we've got the Bible as an example of it where one, God's smiting people and killing people and doing all the stuff for the nice guys and the, hating the bad guys. And well, wait a minute, God doesn't. Hey, bad guys, because the bad guy's part of God. So yeah. there was this higher God that would come out through the Bible in other areas, through the Psalms and all sorts of things. The God of love, the God of joy, and I guess I could play a game here, and the God of patience, which has to do with these flowers behind me. They're called impatience. Oh, yes. <laughs> to be taken when you're running out of patience. Mm. Why they're called impatience. <laughs> Didn't go that far. <laughs> That helps people inside. But what we're confusing is these lower levels of God where God's at war with a dark side and there's a fight and somebody has to win. I believe when there's the absence of the nature of God, which is eternal and above all things, it's the quantum field of all things. Then what happens, there's degradations of division that lead down to finally some kind of war with two generals, one confederate and one union or something, and you want to say one side's bad. When we start getting down there, we're in trouble because trying to find a solution from there with that love of God leads to the whole thing just gets smoothed over with another wrinkle coming up about which God, where are you going to sit with God to be this? And that's where Jesus talked directly from to his disciples. His biggest argument with Jude was all about, I'm not here to fight the world's problems. That's not going to solve the problem. Buddha said the same thing. I can't just be here and and acquiesce to the politics of this. I'm going to speak the truth about what's happening. And, you know, not all of us are on that strong spiritual path to focus on being Buddha or being Jesus, but ultimately we're all on the path of choosing God. And I think that's what this is bringing up. And the darkness behind that aggressive God, that judgmental God, that whatever God that is, it's not God as far as I can tell. It's made in our image, if anything. We're, we're deciding if that suits us anymore. Does it work on any level? So regardless of what's happening out there, whether it's been the environment and the weather last year for us here in California or all other parts of the world, and then we have the coronavirus, and now we have this, and then it'll be the environment again. We're saying it's wake-up time. It's wake-up time to within. It's wake-up time to, as I'm learning to do, it's pause and feel that light of God and watch how some parts of me are in darkness. So as you said, Padre, 
I think it's reflecting our own inner darkness and we're being called to be vulnerable about that and own where it is and lift it up to God, give it up to God, not have it come out through actions, thinking that will create a solution. That's very well said, Dana, because for me, that was my own conclusion. It's my own darkness still in there, my own rage, and we all have it. It takes one little spark, one little poke, and all of a sudden, our old nature comes. And for me, as a Christian or a follower of Christ, it says, put on God's new nature. And so what the outside world reflecting for me is my inner world that still needs the healing, the light. And, and that's what I think it's so perfect for tonight is if we can own, we're the one rioting, we're the one looting, we're the one yelling and screaming. Because we're really screaming now for where's my God? Where's my love? Where's my father who will protect me? Where's my mother who will protect me? And we just, we're lost children. Bobby, your opening statement really does reflect that. And what you said was, you try not to provoke it from the outside. You recognize it, but you don't project it out. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. It's also about listening. So we can listen and, and just hear. We can hear screams and listen, listening at that level. Or we can listen to have an answer. So we're thinking as we're listening. But there's another type of listening, which is where you go inside and you actually hear what's going on. And then you address that at that level. And it just is so powerful because when you listen at that level, you, you move into a state of freedom for yourself and everybody around you so that you don't keep inflicting the wounds of the father, the wounds of the mother. We all have those. We all have tremendous scars, but we don't necessarily heal them by acting them out. We, we can't abandon ourselves. We can't pretend they're not there, but we do need to go inside and listen very deeply as to what is in pain and do our best to anoint ourselves in the divine and invite the divine into that, that wound, into that pain, into that scar, into that suffering, because God is love. And God, God is not going to be afraid of, of whatever we invite God into. Not ever. And God's not going to judge us. Yeah. The, reason, the reason there's judgment is because we cannot accept what's there. We cannot accept how we feel. And so we try to take an action to, to feel it or to heal it, but it doesn't work. We actually have to bathe it with the divine and be present to it as a baby. And then it can find itself in wholeness. You know, Bobby, that's so beautiful. What's coming to my mind right now is uh, in the scripture, when the apostle Jesus said, well, let's go to the other side of the lake. And so they took off and all of a sudden the storm came. And yeah. like Jesus, time to take a nap, like Ron Roth, time to eat. It doesn't bother. So Jesus falls asleep and the storm rages. And all of a sudden the apostles get really fearful. Oh my God, we're going to die. And it's like, look at Jesus. He's, he's sleeping. It's like, he doesn't care about us. Again, the storm is raging around us. 
Yeah. But Jesus says, why, why are you concerned? And the key was, Jesus says, I'll meet you on the other side. Yeah. He already, there was a prophetic utterance. And if they would have tapped into the wisdom that was there, they would go, even though there's a storm, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And Jesus rebuked the wind, and all of a sudden, everything was calm. So we have the ability that the, the beings of light that are within us, the graces within us, the passion within us, that speak to our mountains, speak to our storm. It's like, I see you, but I reject you. I'm going to go within where the peace of God is, and my world will be neutral again. And that's really the wisdom. And it is about, I call it stepping up. We're actually giving such beautiful abilities to correct what's, what we perceive as bad or wrong or violent. My heart goes out to all those who have been killed, who've been beaten, who their businesses have burned down. And I've seen some incredible videos of owners of their buildings that said, well, yes, there's rage there, but we will rebuild. They took the higher goal here. And whatever happens to us, we're eternal. Our bodies might die. It will die, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna be like, <laughs> I'm growing up with a chariot or with my Starbucks card. I don't know who knows, but we're, we're, I, I have to believe God is present and he is with you and I. And to me, there's only one thing that changes my awareness is God's love. If I feel lack of love, in me, I feel separated from God. And to me, love is the, the, the focus point. So let love heal you tonight. Let love embrace you tonight. There's the answer in my world. When I, this first crisis came about, I said, I'm overwhelmed. I can't go there. I feel the pain. I feel the sorrow. But I know a source, and love has a name. And that's name is Jesus. And for those who maybe are be introduced to that name, that person, that persona tonight, there is a name and it's called love. And what really touches my soul is it helped me remember where I came from, where you came from. And like me, I'm hoping you're also experiencing this presence that just filled the room wherever you were, whether you're lying in bed, laying on the couch, laying on the floor, sitting in your car, listening, wherever you are in the hospital, doesn't matter. Love has a name, and that name is Jesus. And for me, the, to allow grace to happen, there's three things that I want to pull from there. And what I've learned with Ron Roth, he's always said there's many laws, there's 10 commandments, there's in the Jewish, in the old days, <laughs> back when Jesus was walking this earth, there are like almost a thousand laws that you had to obey. Otherwise, you sin and miss the mark. And when Jesus came to this earth, he talked about there's only one command, and that command is love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. Very three simple principles, decrees. And so when that this crisis happened and still is happening around us, I keep, as Dana would teach, I'm tapping the diamond. I'm tapping the, the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. So number one is love God. And so what I had to do is find out, where's my God? My God is within me. God is all around me. He's my commander. He's my shepherd. And he loves to care for his sheep. And we are his sheep. 
So we have to really rely on the power of God, the resources of God. God's way, not my way. Not my eyes, but God's eyes. So it really is about a focus on who God is in my world. The next one, which is I think is so obvious, is love your neighbor. And we can see it on TV. Maybe it's in your own neighborhood. I know many people that I talked to and were texting. They said, well, the mayor just told us to lock down in our homes. Don't come out of our homes. We just had, what, two months of being, quote, quarantined. And now we're being asked, don't even go outside the house. There's something that's happening within our world. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to get our attention on that. And the way to, for me to access what the Holy Spirit's saying is go within. But when my neighbor needs help, I'm going to rescue my neighbor. Because that's what God would do. That's what Jesus would do. That's what you and I were doing. We were born to love. We were born to serve. Yes, we can be locked down in our homes. But we can send a text. We can call. We can, whatever it's needed. Even if we're marching, it doesn't matter. Because God's presence is here. God's presence is, and I thought of it the other day. In my prayer time, I'm going, man, in my 20s, I had a lot of issues. <laughs> I probably still do, and I do. But I, th I always thought I could overcome whatever obstacle was out there. I would be pig-headed and stubborn. But yet, now I look back and go, hey, if we look back on our world 20 years from now, how many of us, how we reacted toward this situation, we mature as we grow. And I have more wisdom than I did 40 years ago when I was 20. And I, I deeply appreciate that because it really is about a focus on who God is for me. And the final one is love myself. Do myself a favor. And the only way I can love myself is be loved by God. So to me, it's tapping in those encounters with the being of light, with the creator, Yeshua. Uh, whatever that is for you, it really has its own power and presence. So, you know, I also thought about the, 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 what's happening. And Dana, I think you mentioned it about the fires in California the last two years. You have to run from the fires. Some had to evacuate your home. Some, your home burned down. I know many of you with that. And you have to start all over. We're asked in the inner world to start over again. Go back to your basic, what it is. You love God, you love your neighbor, and you love yourself. Love your brothers and sisters, regardless, and do not judge, even ourselves. And to me, that really opens the door for it. There's, in my world, and this is just my version, because of the pandemic that we're still going through, and now we have this crisis with the death of George Floyd. To me, that's a birthing pain. Because we're feeling an intense pain. And a mother would know who has given birth to their children. Because closer to birth, the more the pains increase. And, you know, God forbid, and I'm sure they were, that the husband, the boyfriend, the partner were there to witness their child being born. And we see in the movies where the husband would hold the wife's hand as she has another labor pain. And she just fringes because everything's coming out of her because the pain is so intense. And this is how I feel what's happening out there. If we can tap into the new birth that's actually happening, but it has these vibrations. And just to give a little, and eventually the birth comes and the joy that comes after that. To me, this is the challenge, but also the gift of each one of us because 
everything must die and rise again. So our chaos, our anger, our rage at ourselves, at our parents, at our exes, whatever our bosses, whatever that might be, there might be a lack, but what can fill this is once it allows it to come forth, this grace that comes, you know, and many of us experience that during our prayer time and meditation. So, Bobby, let me ask you, for what is the focus that you or the practice that you hold that grounds you in your relationship with God? Well, pretty much I make sure God's in every place where my eye lands. So some version of the divine, I want to see it everywhere that my eye lands because I really... I need that kind of external confirmation and reminder because I have a very active mind otherwise. And so I've learned one of the ways to to harness and silence the mind is to dwell on God, dwell on the presence. And of course, the divine for me can be lots of things. It's not just an icon or a sacred text. It can also be color or nature, but I, I definitely put things in my eyes view, even in my workspace. And often it's the people I love. So I'll just have so many photos of people that I love so I can look in their eyes and and just remember why I'm here. I came here to love and I will leave with love. I learned a long time ago, the absence of love does not make me happy. It actually makes me so bitter and so so sour that I I'll never go there again that is such a profound statement Bobby I see you have purple passion all around you I love your idea is you keep that image before you whatever image that is and for me growing up Catholic I have many statues I look at them my god I want to emanate how their lives because they turn their lives over to God and it's a great reminder, but also my brothers, my sisters that I'm looking at, there's a light coming through each of you, but it is about the eyes of the soul. And so instead of the eyes can be rageful. I've been there one point in my life. I've always said, I've always prided myself and I said, I don't hate. I remember being 50 years old and I go, I never met hate until I had an encounter with someone who betrayed me. And it was so deep. And I remember saying, I wish that person would die. And I never thought that death would be in me, that I could actually say those words because I'm a Christian. I, I, I love love. And, but there was something so deep in me that it took a year for me to actually forgive. And now, thank God, I didn't talk to this person now and just be present with that. So the anger, the rage that is out there, I understand it. So Jesus' own words is like, well, I don't need to judge this because I know it. I've been there. I've done that. Now, Dana, what is your experience about, what is your focus or practice that grounds you? Well, currently, right now, it's the same practice that it's been for the last two years, but deepening is that I have to have no mind, like the last talk I gave, no mind. You have to watch where your mind goes. Then if I'm, I think all of you right now could actually watch what's your mind doing right now, trying to figure out what we're talking about, liking or disliking the backgrounds. You can't hear it well. I mean, where's your mind go? As opposed to, where's God? Now, a lot of times when I say, where's God? There's a big 
empty black closet because I'm all new. So I realized my room is filled with my mind. Mm. And then when my room is filled with my mind, what I'm seeing outside seems upsetting or liking, liking or disliking, etc. And so I have found what I have to do, no matter what's going on right now, is pause and find that God spark, turn the volume up, receive it, like, and then everything changes on the outside. And I, like you, Padre, I always have felt I was a peaceful person. Maybe I can add a little piece here. I grew up outside Detroit in the 68 riots. I was 10 years old, 11 years old. We were right on the one suburb. Now, I, my suburb was all white, so I didn't, we didn't interact with any other colors, races, Latin, Latino or Asian or anything, except my father, through his work, made house calls, and we were in the inner city all the time. My mom hated it. She was, I'd have to say she has some racial bias in a lot of different areas. My father was one time lecturing me. He says, you never judge a person by the color of the skin. He says, but I do judge people by their goodness or their lack of goodness. And that they're animals. And he had a hatred for people that misused animals or, and it didn't matter what color you're in. And we, he tried to work with them, but he was like, he, he called them idiots. I mean, and <laughs> you start judging somebody like that, you're already sliding them off. So I, I was trying not to be in that space. I never saw anybody by a color. It was the, other people would notice I was the only, in college, I was the only white guy on an all black team. Mm. I didn't feel that. I felt like we were all balling. I was, I wanted to play ball. I didn't really care what color you were or what your religion was or anything. I just understood there was a nature among all of us. But then I would, no matter what the outside costume is, I'd find people that come from that darker place where their mind is full of pain. And from that pain, they act painfully on others. And I just learned to be neutral to that body of glass. Bullies that would pick on kids in junior high because they didn't want to like the way you looked, I just went by the glass. They never bothered me. So I felt like that divine was there, even though I couldn't picture it or get it. But that's how I do it now. Just follow that divine, no matter what's happening around me, no matter what we're addressing out there, I found the stillness first. That's beautiful. But I think each of us can understand the, how we grew up, different culture. Like myself, I grew up in a farming community. And it was all white. I, re- I remember a time, I remember even in high school, our the city I went to, Mendota, they didn't have any African-American. And now they had Mexican, we had like two or three Mexicans with an all-white school. And I remember my dad had a conversion experience, a men's retreat, and he just let love in you know, for an amazing time. And I remember he met a, a gentleman, an African-American, and they became best friends. And he lived about 50 miles away. Now, remember, my dad invited him to dinner, so he brought him to our house, and I never met a black person. It never had, and I was, I think, in seventh grade, and I remember sitting at the table, and he said, you can ask me any questions. Well, how does that feel, being black? It's like, I don't know. I, I only know white, <laughs> and he goes, I'm just like you, and that was, it struck me so deeply. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just color, that's all. But I like different colors. I can change different colors and it can change my mood. But just to hear the heart of a person, and I think this is what the cry is, just hear my heart. Hear my heart, Lord, because I really want to understand the deeper parts of what we're be actually being called to do. Bobby, has there ever been a time where you needed to use your spiritual principles to actually survive? 
uh, including today? I would say every day. <laughs> <laughs> I need to use my principles. For me, once I fall out of alignment the slightest bit, I really suffer. So I, I'm kind of at a, a place in my existence where I just don't have a lot of leeway. I don't have a lot of downtime. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. You're saying it perfectly, Bobby. And it really, what strikes me there is you're accountable. Yeah. You're accountable to God, to the people around you. And when we can get in this essence, to me, that's why, and I don't say it's important that for those who gather with us at retreats or conferences or this Zoom, I want to be accountable to someone else. But it's my neighbor next door. It's the person I meet on the street. It's a person who's rioting and can't make sense of this world. You know, their world is uh, crumbling. If, my, if I let my heart leap or lead, it will become a checks and a balance because this is what the Holy Spirit's role to do. It's to uplift us, but it's also to correct us, to position us, to bring more healing into our lives. And to me, that's what is happening right now. I love your, your question because you're authentic. Now, I, I just know too, Dana, have you encountered anything that you had to practice your spiritual principle? And maybe that was, was it last year when you had your shoulder surgery? <laughs> you had to trust God because you might be entering to a place you didn't know. Of course, but I think I would like to draw the seat way back because I know a lot of people don't have the same experience of God that we do. We're in a path of trying to figure that out. And I want to take it all the way back again to when I was a kid and growing up, I was always a worldview person. And I was really afraid of society. The riots affected all of us around us in Detroit. And we knew people were really hurting. And, and sometimes we get to real life stuff. People don't know how to act from their faith and get involved. Mm, yeah. They don't get involved. And I wasn't going to because I, a lot of you don't have to believe in this, but I remember my last life of dying in a concentration camp and I knew how badly things can go fast if you don't speak up, but there are people watching and if you spoke up, you'd be taken away. That was a thought I had ever since I was a kid. So when I had a friend drag me to a meeting of a Quaker doctor who had started explaining how he was going to Central America to treat the, the, the peasants and not get involved in the war, but he found it was all about the peasants were the rebels or whatever. I don't know. I started getting involved, but I didn't like the attitudes of the people around me. I, did, I got involved with campus politics. I started walking me in protest, but I was trying to follow a, a passion. And I eventually found this wonderful book about Gandhi. And I don't know if I can share it here. Books written about Gandhi, but this is written about Eknath Eshwaran. And he's a beautiful spiritual writer. He writes about different types of prayer and he's such a beautiful man. And in this book, he took Gandhi's spiritual life. And what Gandhi did, every, and the rest of the books never covered it, that he read the Bhagavad Gita every day and he prayed on it and was guided what to do. He did what Bobby said, he was listening. And the Bhagavad Gita is a, is a shorter version of just a conversation between Krishna, basically a, an emanation of uh, Holy Spirit or of uh, Christ energy in that time in, in the Hindu tradition. If anybody, Hindu, please forgive me if I'm squashing something. But in this, uh, Arjuna is having to, who is a spiritual man, a man like you and me, is being asked to live up to the truth of who he is. And in this dialogue with Krishna, 
he's being asked to battle his cousins who are destroying Dharma. Mm -hmm. And in this conversation where Krishna is talking to him, one of the questions he says, how do you, how do you recognize somebody who is aware of God every moment of their life? And Krishna responds, they live in wisdom who see themselves in all and all in them, whose love for the Lord of love has consumed every selfish desire and sense craving tormenting the heart. Not, not agitated by grief or hankering after pleasure, they live free from lust and fear and anger. Fettered no more by selfish attachments, they are not elated by good fortune nor depressed by bad. Such are the seers. And so as I understood this, I took this into my life. And as I moved here to California, I got involved with a old Vietnam vet. His name was Brian Wilson, who was doing nonviolent resistance about sending arms to Central America. That was the entrance. But soon we were involved through our organization. There were eight of us, six of us, and we were the Institute of the Practice of Nonviolence. And I started to have to look at all these things that are happening right now around us. How do people come together in nonviolent action? And most of the people in the peace movement needed therapy, serious therapy. They were angry at their dad. They were angry at God. And I realized that I had to take this whole. And I found myself living in a war zone in Nicaragua with a shirt that said, if you shoot me, you lose your funding, as a trust that God would watch over me every single second. And we were in a firefight one night around us. And I just kept saying, I know God's going to watch over me. I know God's going to watch over me. I know God's going to. And that was on the subtlest levels, long before I started really practice, practicing my spirituality. Because when I was there, I realized that my action, even trying to follow a, a Gandhi or a Martin Luther King or a um, Thich Han, it wasn't having an effect. The people around me could care less who was in charge. They just wanted their beans. They wanted to be treated like a no different than right here and right now. But people will take the least hazardous way, so they'll take a dictator rather than take the truth. And, and I think we're getting to that place now where people saying, well, a dictator doesn't solve the problem underneath. And I don't know whether a president or a, a really wise being on top can do it. Even in Gandhi was having problems with his own people where they were prejudiced about allowing Muslims to be part of India. And he said, what is wrong with you? I'm going to fast with you now. So I found the practice. My guys told me from there on out, I should only focus on helping spiritual change and not so much the physical change. But my heart's still there for the people marching that are trying to say, we need to bring focus here, whether it's poverty or whether it's health care, whether it's voting rights or whether it's police brutality or whether it's education back in the 50s where you couldn't even have a people like you couldn't let colored people into your school the words back then i just understand this is something that i pray for all the time and i trust that god will come through in this but we do have to take action whatever action that is for us some of us donate some of us pray and some of us stand up and write a petition some of us actually vote some of us go out and march but i ask everyone to consider get involved but follow these principles to understand don't become your own enemy here. Don't become your own enemy by letting your anger lead you in your decision to try and bring up a, an issue that needs to address. And I'm as guilty as everyone else of getting worked up about stuff. And I have to pause and look at my mind again and bring God in and say, well, how do you want me to lead this way? That's very intentional, Dana. And I just love what you just created this vortex, this container of how, because even the 
there have been thousands who have been marching in a peaceful way. And I praise God for that because that would be my heart. And I've seen some doing line dancing or whatever. It's like there's humor, there's joy and everything of making a point. But first we have to make it here. And right now, it seems like things have, are dying down in a sense. The topic is still there, but we're doing it in a rational way, meaning we're listening to the heart, not necessarily the brain. Even though, because this information has to come out, we have to shift. And it's beautiful that whether it's celebrating life as a community, we can come together and we can agree where two or more gathered in thy name, there I am. And so now we have thousands who are agreeing. We're going to do this in peace, but we're also going to put out there what a desire we would want because we want change. I want change here. This is where I start. And then I bless all those who are on the same path as I am. Jesus, even in, with his disciples, he said, you're the light of the world. So I'm talking to the mothers, to the fathers, the brothers and sisters, to the bosses, to the caregivers, to the spiritual coaches, to the worker, uh, factory workers, to the teachers, all of us, we are the light of the world. You know, and once we recognize the empowerment that we have become because of walking with the Yeshua, that rises within me and it rises within you. And so when we can actually embrace that, we come together, we're a powerhouse because that light now goes out. And you know, the love that's within you creates miracles. And we are going to create miracles tonight in your life, in my life, in our community, and in our cities, and our nation, and all the leaders of this world. We pray for everyone because that's what we do, because that's, we are prayer. We can be a negative prayer. I can curse, I can decrease something bad on you because I don't like what you're doing. And that comes from a darker place. And so we spoke before of what comes out of our mouth, we create. So be aware of, you know, that anger, that sadness, whatever it is, but allow grace to come through. So, you know, I talked about, or will talk about, what is a safe place for you? And for me, that is really my relationship. And like Bobby says, I'm accountable for every moment in my life. And so when I miss the mark, when I'm outside my box or my temple, uh, I feel it. And I have to get back, go back to that place of love. So, you know, the scripture talks about, may, the, may you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Now, that was the decree. And remember, it says, may you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul. So the soul is actually one who leads us. And for me, that does have an, an attitude. And it comes because of your relationship, my relationship with Christ. So the Holy Spirit changed my little plan for tonight. And I heard yesterday morning that we're going to do a communion service because we're two or more gathered in thy name, there I am. And because of the crisis that happened in this last week and present moment, I want to join you and I, my bishops, my community together. And let's pray together. And what better way to do that is actually with our communion service. Because we really do, I do want to, what we can do as a body, even though we're separated, but if we have something we can hold on and do it together, it's actually incredible. I heard a, someone just told me this morning, I had a client who said the last time we did communion together, re-entry our last program, they had a, I'll use the term, they had a peanut 
That's all they had for, for communion. And, but she said when she received it, she said there was this energy just filled her. And it just bring a smile to my face. God will use you. He will use me. Anything tangible, God is. Like Bobby says, he sees God in everything. So when you get the, the elements. So what I want to ask is, Dana and Bobby, what is your prayer request for tonight? When we're doing this communion, what would be your prayer request? Or what have you heard the praise for? We'll start with Dana. That we all may find the peace in our hearts that lives there forever. Like in the earlier prayer that you added, the Colossians 3.13, that we all have this heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, that we can bear with situations and forgive others for any complaint we have against them. But in that also, find a solution. Find a solution that brings us together again as people of the planet, as people of God in all nations, all religions, non-religion, that we're all one. We all have on the inside of us the same fears and the same desires and the same losses and the same hopes. May this initiate a calming wave that heals us all. Wow. That's beautiful. I love Colossians 3. It just it says everything I want to become. Beautiful, Danny. How about you, Bob? My prayer would be that during these, these days that we're living now, that we all learn to not abandon ourselves, mm. that we fill with God's love. If we don't understand what God's love is, that we ask to have a personal experience that is true to our spirit and that we bring that love with us wherever we go and share it with everyone we meet. I love that. I love the, the, the peer intentions that's coming forth. And we're hearing your hearts, who's ever listening to this call tonight. Um, for me, it's really that people will encounter the living Christ in a deeper way if they have not experienced it ever before. Tonight is the night. Because the angels, the saints, they're already the cloud of witnesses. I mean, just Monday, Ron Roth, we celebrated his, his 11th anniversary of his passing. And I'm just overjoyed now at the every year that it shows up because and I sense it in my spirit that it's coming only because it's an encounter. And I got to remember, I got to walk with this man, this holy man, just as you get to walk with your God. And it's so important that we have these models, these mentors. And so my prayer too is find a mentor, find someone who are walking the principles that your heart just leaps and says, I want to follow him. I want to follow her because it really will lead me to a fullness of Christ. So if you would get your elements, we would love to begin our communion service. And to me, communion is coming in union as a body, as someone who loves God. And so when we pour out our love to God, it's these elements that we bless for a holy encounter. So I would ask my Bishop Dana, if you would lead us in the breaking of the bread. So if all of you will gather whatever you have, that it's a cracker, a peanut, and it represents the mana of the body. I want you to hold it as we invoke Holy Spirit being present with us.
Jesus in his teachings with his disciples tried so many different ways to show them how God is there here for us. And I think at some points they couldn't even hear that. So he kept saying how he would be there for us. He being the living light, the living Christ, the living Holy Spirit energy in us. And just as above, so below, our culture needs to feed ourselves. We need to understand what we're ingesting. That's not just food. That is thought. And that is decision to ingest fear or to ingest love. Jesus asked us to ingest love. And he offered this in this bread to all of his disciples. When he breaks it, as you break what you have in front of you, it's the symbology of I'm breaking my patterns. I'm breaking my resistance. I need the break to receive you more. And if you break that bread, I want you to hold it and ask for it to be filled. Let it be filled now with your holy presence. Lord of light, Lord of love, Lord of all. Fill us now so that as we ingest this gift of food, of mana, our bodies become in alignment with your grace. Mm. You know, as the background leads us this music into a place of um, communion with God, we just love the, I love what you said about Dana being broken so we can be filled. And so we get filled with the manna of heaven with all the attributes of a loving God, a loving mother. So my heart just is so full with receiving that grace. So Bishop Bobby, would you help experience the new wine? Holy Spirit, I call you now to infuse this living water, this living wine with your everlasting presence. You have walked the road that no one has walked before you. And so now you can teach all of us through this living water, this living wine, how to face this day and all the days of our lives in your name. In your holy name. Amen. Amen. There's a holy presence that's taking over. It's filling your body, your of God, the presence of God. We just allow this grace to just let the cloud of witnesses be all around us, guiding us, healing us, restoring us. Let thy presence consume us as fire. So we offer ourselves, our conditions, all the chaos in this world. Nothing withstands the love of God. Become us as we turn our gaze towards you. In Colossians, it says that we become the heart, the compassion, the mercy of God, the tenderness of God. And in these elements, we receive your divine grace for healing, for restoration. Thank you, God, for your love. Amen.
I like to say, you know, the, the holy of holies is filling us. And I know you're experiencing that in your own world right now, wherever you are. It's like holding each other's hands. And it just allowed just grace now to become that which is called us. And that's that divine union, the divine mother, the divine father. So as we can take down this icon and allow grace now to see each other, we allow God's love, God's light to a holy encounter. So thank you, God, for your living presence. Thank you, God, for bringing us into focus. There's always a celebration within us. And I just want to allow that grace now to manifest. And as you're receiving, still receiving God's grace, let's pour out, I like to call it worship. Oh, my friends, I, this is the kingdom of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. I'm so overwhelmed by his her presence in my life, in your life. We just had communion. We're mm -hmm. one as brothers, as sisters. So there's no division. There's no color in God. Just the great I am. That was a decree to, your, to you, to your children, to your grandchildren to your neighbors, to those who have died, to those who are still struggling. Your home, your heart has just been filled with the presence of God. And in breaking of the bread, drinking of this beautiful wine, this new wine called the Holy Spirit now takes over. So let that healing presence now, the healing presence just fill your body, healing your body. For those emotional, spiritual baggage that we all carry, let it dissolve now into God's light. Let's place it on the altar of God's love right now. We can't do anything about it. Let him, the Holy Spirit, her, the Holy Spirit, take this emotional baggage and let the light of God just disintegrate it before your very eyes. The healing of the body, the physical healing. I just decree healing, healing light to the body, cancer, Dissolve, diabetes, dissolve, arthritis, dissolve. Uh, in, that, um, in the eyes, just dissolve. Lacoma, dissolve. The thyroid, healing the thyroid now in the name of Jesus. I command all infection, all disease to dissolve. For the master, the teacher, the great I am presence is here. Let your heart illuminate the, the mercy of God, the tenderness of God. And let our devotion, our praise and adoration, let God's light, God's love, just continue to just flow. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. We thank you, the ministering angels, Raphael, the healing angel, Michael, the archangel, just come. Beings of light, light encounters, just come. The sages, the cloud of witnesses who are here, Padre Ron Roth, our great intercessor, let your healing presence now come. Con let us be consumed by the love of God. And so our eyes heal, our bodies straighten, our backs, our hips realign. Um, right now, all pain dissolve. And let the strength of God, the character of God, the presence of the great I am take over. And so these new projects that are coming, we just thank all those the choir tonight, the heavenly choir, and also those who sing from Hawaii. And hello, my Hawaiian friends. We are all one 
Aloha, one brothers and sisters. We allow this grace now that take over our nation, our world, for thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And even in the Our Father, it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It gives us the opportunity of empathy and not judging and allowing just grace to overcome the world and our own personal world, our inner world. So with that, Bishop Bobby, would you like to offer a closing prayer and then Dana? Lord, I call you now to heal the eyes, to restore those who are having surgery, to help those who are still recovering from the COVID infection, to heal and make right people who are in confusion and suffering and rage and homelessness and sadness and grief, relationships that are broken, heal them. You know what your children need. You are the holiest of holy, the greatest I am, the perfect template. And we call you into every situation of anguish and every situation of sorrow. We call you into our hearts to create joy and peace and resoluteness. You are a pleasing God. You are a pleasant, perfect experience. And I call upon you now for this whole community and all who will encounter you through this message. Amen. Amen. My brother Dana. Oh, my dear God, please cleanse us of the fear that we hold, the fear that we hold against our brothers and sisters, the fear we hold against the unknown, that we hold against the darkness. Cleanse this world now on all levels. Don't forget to invoke you in the environment when we're focused on people. We focus to, we forget to invoke you in people when we're focused on the environment. But heal all now. Reach into our homes. Reach into our appliances. Reach into our family members. Reach into our neighborhoods. Reach into our cities. Let the division go. Even the division that we're a city and they're a city, that I'm a, a state and they're a state, that I am a politician and I am not a politician. Bless us now with this universal love that you have. Bring that light down to all the planet on all levels, down to the molecular, holding in, even in between the atoms. We need your grace now more than ever because we follow you. Amen. 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 As we end, we're not going to close our heart, but we're going to open our hearts. But as the song sang and decreed, may the good Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and grant you his peace, her peace. And I bless each of you in the sign of the cross, in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Namaste, my friends. Thank you for joining us and carry God with you throughout your day. Thanks for joining us. Be well. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Dana. Thank you all for being on the call tonight. Oh, the resting God. Amen. Amen. <laughs>